Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded on the historical lands of the Cowlitz, Multnomah, Peoria, Kikapoi, and other First Nations. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present. Sovereignty was never ceded. Thank you for joining us on Your Top Six, a podcast where we look at our most played games, what they say about us, and what they don't. I'm your host, Jacques. My pronouns are he, him, and I am joined, as always, by Jerry. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. And my pronouns are they, them. All right. Jerry, why don't you uh, give us a quick bit about who you are, what you do? Sure. So I work in IT to pay the bills and I play a lot of video games. I play a lot of, I used to play a lot of board games, but then I did figured out that the thing I like playing board games about was hanging out with my friends. So now we just hang out together and drink beer. Sometimes we play rock band. I've always played video games. Like I've been in a family that has always basically played video games, just basically mm -hmm. as soon as we could start playing. My, I remember my mother bringing home an Atari 2600 so she could play Asteroids <laughs> and Tetris. And so that was Excellent. kind of where we were. <laughs> my mom was also a big Tetris fan. And so, yeah, that's the household that I grew up in. Three of my four siblings went into working in computers. Hilariously, now we all play Final Fantasy XIV together. Oh, that's wonderful. All right. So uh, what was the first game you remember playing? Oh, what's the one with the aliens that come down in an order? Um, space Invaders? Yes, Space Invaders. I remember playing Space Invaders uh, on the 2600. I think that was probably the earliest one I can remember. Not too terribly long after that, my brother took me out to Radio Shack and we bought TRS-80 kit where you would put it together yourself, like wire the boards, solder the boards and everything. And he nice. walked me through that. And so then I had a Trash 80 for a while that I did. I remember painstakingly copying down, uh, typing in... Uh, words and phrases from some computer magazine to get to allow me to run a game program. Uh, mm -hmm. It was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was the thing, you know, the experience of having like okay, this is going to sound weird, but I think the experience of having control over something like not just some control, but like ultimate control over something was a, like a really important and interesting thing for me to do. I think it helped a lot. Very cool. So this podcast is uh, a bit of your uh, brainchild. And I remember uh, seeing you post about wanting to do it. And I uh, definitely tried to not encourage you to not do it uh, by <laughs> posting my own uh, top list uh, on right. Twitter for you. Sure. Uh, but what, what, uh, what was it that kind of got that started in your head? Well, okay. So... I was listening to Waypoint, which is another podcast. If you're not listening to Waypoint, you should go listen to Waypoint immediately. It's a video game podcast uh, with a bunch of video game journalists, um, including, including, I think, some of the best writers in the business right now. So Austin Walker, Gita Jackson, Natalie Watson, and Rob Zachney, and Ricardo Contreras. These are all people who are at one time or another on the podcast, and they're just great they're very insightful and they have a position that games are important. And so we should talk about them as if they were important, which I really like, which means that their game reviews aren't like, oh, the frame rate is great. It's more like this, this author is the, the maker of this game is asking some really interesting questions. And here's, here's some of our answers about that, which I really like. 
So they did this one-off bit where they asked people their top five Steam games. And they were like, and Patrick Klepek, who is the editor-in-chief and, and runs the podcast, was like, so if anybody wants to steal this idea, you're more than welcome to. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. And then when I was looking at it, I was like, okay, so you can't do top five anything. All of those URLs are taken. And I didn't necessarily want to link it. I think Steam is a good place to start, but I didn't necessarily want to link it explicitly to Steam. So I was like, you know what? What's a good number? Okay, six. We'll do we'll do top six. And then I was like, yeah, I think this needs to happen. And then I had, I don't know, five people in the immediate aftermath DM me and say, hey, I'd be interested in being on your show. And then you, you, you not, not saying I shouldn't do it was kind of the impetus was like, and I was like, oh, you know what? Jacques would be a great co-host. Oh. Um, and so I, I pinged you about it and you said, yes, silly, silly man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that was probably, will probably turn out to have been a mistake, but I'm here now. So, yeah. So yeah, I thought it was going to be interesting to talk about games with people I like for you know as long as we can stay interested in it so yeah all right so the basic conceit is that we're gonna take a look at your top steam games uh by hours played mm -hmm. at least for right now we might change that up in the future but we're gonna go look at your top six just on steam by hours played skipping any that uh right now for right now are either mmos or other software that just right. aren't actually games mm -hmm. um so how about we start with your number six? Okay. How many hours have you played that game? 204. Okay. All right. And what is it? Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Oh, nice. Which came out this summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's that's one that's been on my list, but I still haven't hit it yet. Um, the I remastering they did. Yeah, the remastering that they did was a, just a, a fantastic job. I really liked it. I like the original games so much. I own them on, I don't know, three different platforms at this point. So, And then the remastered edition came out and I was like, oh, sure. Yeah, I'll buy it again. Yeah, I really like the Mass Effect universe. I like the characters. I like the writing. I like the people who made it. It's a great game and I would highly recommend anybody take it out for a spin at least. You don't. I wouldn't necessarily recommend anybody play Mass Effect 1. It's the roughest of the bunch, but oh, in terms that of hurts. Because <laughs> I, I am such a completionist that like I, I gotta just start at the beginning, and even if it's like ah oh, this is rough, I just gotta power through it, get through it, yeah. move on to the next ones. Well, the good news is that the remaster actually makes it a lot better. It's still number three on the list of in goodness, but it's better now. And then number two is probably one of my favorite pieces of video game writing ever. For all the fuss and bother around it when it first came out. I actually think three is really great. And I understand why they ended it the way they did. <laughs> right. Trying not to get too far into spoiler territory. Yeah, right. All right. Well, let's shift on up to number five. How many hours? 208. Okay. So just barely. Yeah. Just barely number five. Okay. Yep. What is it? It's XCOM 2. Oh, and that nice. includes that includes XCOM War of the Trozen, which is the big gigantic DLC that came out. I did yeah. a lot of XCOM uh, a while ago. I think that one though wasn't. I don't think it's going to register on Steam for me because I think I may have played that on the iPad mm -hmm. um, and never quite got through that campaign. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's a that's a, a just a good series of games, and then it just it dives in and and really opens up on a lot of complexity mm -hmm. and and 
things that you can do with it. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a fantastic game. I think sort of the reintroduction of XCOM 1, not too terribly long ago, they took everything I liked about the original XCOM games and like just made it modern and better to the point where I really feel like XCOM is kind of the gold standard at this point for tactical games. I think if you make a tactical game, you have to compare it to XCOM or XCOM 2. There isn't anybody else in that space that you can yeah. really hold up as kind of an exemplar. Agreed. Yeah, there's there's definitely some other fun ones out there, but I, there's, there's still just nothing that compares in depth and yeah. quality, I yeah. feel like. All right, so we've got uh, sort of a open world first person mm -hmm. RPG and then a, a very big shift to the turn-based tactical strategy game, top-down, mm -hmm. but both still kind of in the same genre uh, thematically. Yeah. So yeah. Let's, let's see where we go with number four. How many right, hours number, played? Number four is 311 hours. Okay, so much bigger jump there. Yeah. And it is? It's Sid Meier's Civilization V. All right. So still on that strategy train. Yeah. When it when it first came out, like there were four or five of us in my friends group who just played it multiplayer incessantly. And then basically we played it all that summer and into the fall. And then I put it down and never touched it again. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a series of games that I only just got into a little bit with six, mm -hmm. um, despite what I had said just about being a completionist. And it was absolutely because of the uh, the friends doing it and starting to get into it. And we tried doing a little bit of the asynchronous play mm -hmm. that it supported and didn't quite work out as well as I think many of us were hoping for. Yeah. Have you tried six yet? I have not. No. Uh, mostly what I discovered from playing a bunch of Sid Meier's Civilization V is that I generally play games for story mm -hmm. and there really isn't any story in Civ, yep. right? It's yep. all... Not, not a lot. I mean, yeah, you kind of make your own as you go. But... Yeah, and there's a, there's a funny, you know, uh, Gandhi nuked me and now what do I do kind of right. thing. <laughs> I played it with my friends because it was a lot of fun and then when they stopped playing it, I just never picked it up again. And having spent 300 plus hours playing a 4x turn-based game i was just like i'm done that's that's not a genre that i'm interested in anymore so yeah that one i played a little bit more actually of civ not in in that genre of um endless legend and uh humankind which is the, mm -hmm. the recent one to come out mm -hmm. and i can enjoy them a little bit but i i'm not going to sit there and play them on my own compared to a lot of the others um, mm -hmm. especially yep. ones that have a, a more of a story to them yeah yeah absolutely all right so that's number four that we just did yeah okay what are we looking at with number three number three is 391 hours okay still about the same ballpark Ish, yeah. Elder Scrolls Four Skyrim. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim. So that's that's a big one. Uh, yeah. Just about everybody's at least tried that. I feel like. Yeah, that's spread over three different releases. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. So yeah, adding things up across the the different ones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that doesn't. That's just the ones from Steam. That doesn't include the Skyrim that I have on my PS4 or the Skyrim that I have on my Switch. <laughs> wow. All right. So it might even be a little bit higher if we uh, took all yeah. those into account. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, I, you know, one of the thing that I fell into is that, like, there's this gigantic open world that's filled with story that you mm -hmm. kind of have to stumble on, which I really like. And the modding community is just super, super active. 
it's one of the reasons why I liked XCOM 2 so much. It's just there's so, so much activity in the mod community. Mm -hmm. Just like tweak and do things and yeah, have fun with it. So yeah, I really enjoyed playing Skyrim. I think the last time I picked it up and started playing it was, I don't know, sometime this year. I think it was sometime this summer. It's a game that I go back to again and again, despite having played through it. Uh, it's one of my three games that have perfect achievement rate. So nice. Yeah. And do you find yourself like starting over and running through the story again? Or do you find yourself just like continuing to explore stuff that maybe you haven't done? Or do you find yourself picking up new mods and, and doing new stories in them when you go back to that? Often when I go back, it's because I think, oh, I want to try this thing. Not necessarily because I want to go through the main story quest or anything, but I want to try like this particular type of character. I want to see how mm -hmm. this rolls. And then uh, the big thing that helps... The big thing that got me kind of coming back again and again, there's a couple of mods out there and I cannot remember the name of them, but there's a couple of mods that are like new starting zones, basically, right? You start as a different kind of character. You get the intro bit and then the game tells you, oh, you wake up from a dream and you are, and you get to pick kind of where your character starts and what they do for a living. It's a lot of fun because it allows you to kind of move around and do things that you wouldn't necessarily otherwise do. Nice. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, that's that's one that for me, I started to get into it. And for some reason, something about the mechanics just felt a little too fiddly as I was getting mm -hmm. started. And it kind of bounced off of me. And I keep hearing like so many people are like, oh my God, it's amazing. And I'm like, I'm at some point I might have to get back to it. But yeah, yeah just just, you know, for so much of that, that mm -hmm. really in-depth story and, and everything. Yeah, the the here's the thing about it, right? It's it's a Bethesda game, right? So there's a lot of side quests. There's a lot of really funny and interesting in-jokes. There's a big open space that you can wander around in and it's janky as shit to 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 play and you run into game breaking bugs on a semi regular basis right it's a Bethesda game and i think it was that that sort of janky as shit that uh that kind of hit me a little weird because it had been such a long time uh, since i had really done much uh with the Bethesda game mm -hmm. you know it where it it felt like the optimal way was like do a thing quick pause eat it, eat some food unpause do a thing real quick mm -hmm. pause yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and it was just like, all right, th this is just getting a little bit, eh. And mm -hmm. then I, I think around that time I was having some computer issues and I was just like, it's not worth going back to. But it, it's still on my list of things that like I should check check out again at some point. Uh, but there's just so many of those. So Yeah. And I think that like as much as I enjoy the game and as much as many people enjoy the game, I honestly think that like there are better choices. If you're going to play like an open world first person uh, style exploration game, there's a bunch of other games that have come out since that sort of take that concept and really run with it. So mm. if you're not absolutely invested in the Elder Scrolls series, which I kind of am, right? I right. played Morrowind and Oblivion and like, I think at one point I was playing Daggerfall. Um, mm. Yeah, I, if you're not invested in the Elder Scrolls in, in, environment and lore and everything, I'm not sure that Skyrim is the game that you want to be playing to, to try out first-person <laughs> open-world exploration, right. you know? Yeah, I've I've been doing a, a few uh, now that I've got a, a bit of a better rig. Um, mm -hmm. For a while, a lot of the games that were on Mac weren't a lot of the first-person open-world games. Yeah, but I've been doing uh, um, not six, not Far Cry six, but um, Far Cry and New Dawn. 
on Stadia okay, yeah. uh-huh. with a friend of mine because it supports uh, two-player mm-hmm. co-op pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And so every now and then we'll get together and play that. That's my current recent sure. Bethesda. Right, yeah. All right, so that was number three. Yeah. One question I meant to ask. So have you tried the Elder Scrolls Online? I have. What are your thoughts on it? It made me want to play Skyrim. <laughs> okay. I mean, so like the the thing about it is, right, it's an MMO and there are certain things that you do to build an MMO for multiplayer that right. to my mind are not conducive to my enjoyment of the game. As a general rule, I play MMOs basically as a solo player game. Yeah. And the MMOs that I play, I enjoy doing that. It's one of the reasons why the only MMO I play right now is Final Fantasy fourteen. You have to have a really good story and you have to have a really good hook to get me to play your game and to make me play the game with other people. It has to be something spectacular. So we played in the closed beta. We both, Gene and I both got beta invites and we played it for, I don't know, probably 10 hours. And like immediately the next, the next day, what we ended up both doing is starting up Skyrim again, rather than going back to the MMO. Right. It's been one that I've seen popping up again a little more recently i'd almost forgotten about it but uh, i've been seeing some stuff on elder scrolls talked about in a few different places Mm -hmm. so it's still it still apparently has legs yeah a lot of people who love it but yeah it wasn't for me what are we looking at for number two 819 hours okay so we just jumped from three something to eight something yeah not quite 400 Uh, hours to 820 yeah yeah um let's see so we've got big story stuff Hmm. yeah what what game is it fallout 4 which is by the way also not a game that that i would recommend (laughs) also not a game that i would recommend to try out as like if you're not really invested but you're interested in looking at Mm -hmm. first person open world exploration stuff also don't start with fallout 4 (laughs) fallout new vegas is better in every respect fallout 3 is a better story straight up yeah the thing about fallout 4 is that like one of the things one of the reasons i come back to it again and again and again is because of the mod community Mm -hmm. Um, and so every time i come back to it i try a new set of mods i try a new type of build a new character yeah i just like kind of wandering around in that world to see what it looks like and the only reason that I do it is because I'm, you know, so far down the rabbit hole with Fallout lore. I think if any sane person would be entirely reasonable to just skip Fallout, the Fallout universe altogether. Um, <laughs> but I think it's okay. It works. So, yeah. Uh, so that's my I, number two. All right. So number two was 800 plus hours. What is your playtime on your most played game on Steam? Uh, 888. Okay, so one and two are, relatively speaking, pretty close. Within about 10% of each other. Do I try and guess at the number one game? We've got a lot of big open world storytelling stuff. Um, I think I'm going to say it's probably something that you've related to something in your other top six. That's I, I don't know specifically what, but that's that's my guess. It might be completely different, but... Yeah, the answer is yes, but not in the way you'd think. Okay. So my number one game is Stellaris. Ah, okay. Which is a a Paradox Interactive 4X game in space. And the, the, the difficult thing about that particular number is that the thing about Stellaris is that Stellaris doesn't mind if you fall asleep while you're playing it. <laughs> 
So I, I would guess probably about half of the hours are like I was playing it when I went to bed on my laptop and in the middle of a turn because it's real time, right? It's not it's not turn based. It's real time. So oh. in the middle of a turn, I fell asleep and the game just kept going. So <laughs> Wow. It was an enjoyable game for me to play to really help me figure out that it wasn't just Civ that I wasn't interested in. Stellaris does a really good job of telling a story with a 4X game. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, they have a bunch of different stories that they like to tell in each game. And it's it's all kind of randomized and what what things you trigger and what what storylines you pick up and and all of that. And I, I did enjoy it for a while. I was playing it to go to bed, basically, because mm -hmm. once you've played it for a while, there are long periods of time where you're not doing anything. And so like you'll set up your early game environment and you'll build out a little bit and then you have to hunker down and generate a bunch of resources so you can expand more. And honestly, like there's big chunks of game where you're just like not doing anything. You're not even clicking mm -hmm. on anything for like 30 or 40 minutes. Um, oh, wow. And so like it was a great game to play while I was falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're like, all right, my defenses are up. Time to just like collect a ton of resources and I'll come back to this. Yep. Usually at okay. some point after the big players in the galaxy have decided that I have too much resources and not enough defense and have rolled over me. Yeah, it was a good game, but it also helped cement my position that, yeah, I'm not really a 4X player anymore. Used mm. to be when I was younger, not so much yeah. anymore. I have some very specific asks around games anymore. Oh, no, that you kind of have to like have yeah. some of the those like, all right, I got to figure out the things I really enjoy and just focus on that because otherwise you're not even going to get to the things that you're going to enjoy the most if you try and do like anything that you're just like, nah, this is fine. Yeah. Like just, just throw those out as soon as you realize it. Yeah. And I have, you know, of the games in my top six, only two of them have I played in the last year. So my big numbers don't really reflect my play style now. Right. Mm. I did a little quick math. I have 221 games on Steam. I have 138 games on Epic and 26 games on Origin. That doesn't count mm. any of my console stuff. Um, right. To get under 100 hours of playtime in Steam, you have to go down to number 16 on oh, my wow. playlist, okay. which is Oxygen Not Included at 91 hours. But yeah, one of the things that I figured out kind of just specifically over the last 18 months or so, I wonder why that is. Who, is that who kind of the, ever could have guessed? Yeah, the thing that got me is that like I just I figured out that like the games that I want to play are not really the big name games that are getting made, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in Far Cry. I'm not interested in Destiny 2. I'm not interested in any of the Call of Duty War Zone stuff. I'm not really interested in playing multiplayer, so like all of that RTS stuff, I'm just not. And I don't, I don't like Twitch gaming, so like any platformers or like Metroid or anything like that, I'm just not into. One of my favorite games that I've played over the last 18 months is called A Short Hike, which is a game that's about 90 minutes long, where you uh, control a character that walks to the top of a, a nearby hill or I guess technically mountain, to get cell phones so you can call your mom. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a super sweet story. That's, you know, what I want from a game, right? There's a game on my wish list right now, Sable, that is entirely, yeah, it's entirely like 
There's no words. It's fantastic. It's lovely. It's just, it's beautifully built and it's fun to play. And yeah, I can't wait to get it for real and spend some time really digging into it. And so like I have a bunch of games that are like, I played them 9, 10, 11, 12 times. And consequently, I have, you know, seven hours of playtime in them, right? Because right. they're all these tiny little indie games that make you think. So yeah, that's kind of where I've been approaching uh, everything. So that's what my list doesn't say about me is that like I've become incredibly curmudgeonly in my old age. It's always interesting looking at like what we've invested into things historically mm -hmm. and how that kind of changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I, I think I, I went on our Twitter. It is not it's not my first Twitter rant. It's not even my first Twitter rant about video games, but I went on a big rant about Spider-Man, actually, the new version of Spider-Man that just came out last year for the PS4 and was just re-released for the PS5. And my big complaint about it is that I want every game that I play to have a hold trigger to not die button. Right. right. So near Automata had this feature and it was the greatest feature since sliced bread because I am not playing a game to get good at it. I am playing a game to see what the story looks like. So mm -hmm. if the possibility exists that if I fight, you know, if I can get beat up by six mooks as Spider-Man, that's not fun. Right. Is it's there? Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. Right. Not only that, but like if there is no reason to put a game over screen other than to prove that I didn't play the game well enough, then why am I playing it? Right. Is there a through line in Spider-Man where the main villain wins as a as an end game condition? If not, why are you making me fight them? You know, and I, right. I know that there are lots of people who are like, you should just get good at it. You should spend the time. Get good, son. More. I'm right. an adult. I have a partner and three dogs and two cats and a full-time job. I just, I, I don't have that kind of time anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely feel you there. There's, and, and I go back and forth on that, on, on some of mine, mm -hmm. especially on the, like kind of the, the single player stuff, um, mm -hmm. you know, that just. If it's one of those big story focused things, like I, I don't want to have all of that getting in the way. And I, I've got no problems with like, all right, died, got to try again, died, got to try again. Um, but sort of that, that idea that you just mentioned of like, well, if there's not a chance that like failure is going to affect the story, like why put it in? Mm hmm. Um, there's a game I played through, uh, it's, I don't think it's on my, uh, top six, um, but it's by Supergiant, mm -hmm. uh, called Pyre. Have you seen that one? I have. Great. Yeah. Great developer. Supergiant makes a lot of fun games. Oh yeah. Uh, Supergiant's got the only two games that I've got the perfect achievement score on, which we'll, nice. we'll talk about. Uh, yeah. Wait. When, when we flip the tables, yeah. <laughs> uh, flip sides of the table. Very few games, unless they're like specifically like roguelike games mm -hmm. does dying have any narrative effect or not even dying losing mm -hmm. a round scene level whatever right. it's always all right well you lost start over from save point mm -hmm. and there is a narrative chain that is you never lost mm -hmm. in pyre uh, well so in, in like roguelike games mm -hmm. you die and then you come back but then you just keep going and like each death or loss is like, well, you start over, but with more experience, more power, keep mm -hmm. going, keep going, keep going. In Pyre, it's not like that, where it does the, like, 
all right, you lost. So be it. That's going to affect how things go in the future. Nice. And it's it's a really cool and fun and interesting take uh, on on a game that they do some interesting stuff with. Mm -hmm. I am so excited about the Indeed game makers getting really into that tabletop concept, right? Which is, mm. if there's no reason that I'm going to fail, if there's not a narrative reason for my failure to exist in the game, why do I have to roll the dice, right? Mm -hmm. That's a big thing for me as a GM. It's so like, it, if there is no part of the story that is improved by the fact that you didn't pick that lock, that I'm not going to make you roll to pick the lock. You're just going to pick the lock, right? right? Or whatever. And so, yeah, I, I just, I love that uh, games, video games especially, are kind of coming into that zone mm -hmm. more and more, which is just making me love them more and more. One of my favorite games ever was on the PS4 called Journey. This is a game that was impossible for you to lose. You went on a pilgrimage and you wandered through the desert and sometimes you met other people, but you couldn't talk to them. Except for like a ping. Like wasn't there like yes. a single audible ping you could make? Yes. And sometimes Except they would help you. And that was it. It was a lovely, beautiful, moving game. Um, and, it, you know, I mean, if to play the whole thing through maybe took an hour and a half. And right. it was gorgeous and beautiful. And there was no way to lose. The experience was getting there. Right. Which I think, I think often that's forgotten about in video games. Is that getting there can be the fun part. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize it was such a, a short quick game i'll have to yeah check that one out it's i don't know if it's available on steam but it is available on pc now so all right so those are uh those are your top six and uh a little bit more anything else that you feel like uh we've talked a little bit about kind of what you've been playing but like what else recently have you been uh really like that like what are your top games of like the last two to three weeks right um let's see i've been playing a lot of final fantasy 14 because mm -hmm. the new expansion is about to come out and so I've been playing a bunch of that with my partner, my nieces and nephews, my sister and my brother-in-law. I swear to God, we have enough people in my family in this game that we could do a raid on our own at this point. It's a lot of fun and it's really chill. And it's got just this fantastic community that I was really missing. Like the astounding thing to me about the, the Final Fantasy community is just how damned positive everybody is and how quickly people will be willing to speak up and say, hey, don't be a jerk, right? That seems really like bizarro world in uh -huh. the MMO space. Uh-huh. And yet they do everything they can to foster that. And it's great, right? It's the self-reinforcing thing that is just so great to play in and be a part of. I usually fall off an MMO after like the first, I don't know, 15 or 20 hours. Yeah. But I've been sticking with Final Fantasy 14 really hard. So that's the big thing. I've been playing a lot of Wildermyth, um, mm, which is that a game. That one is definitely on my list. That one I've yeah. heard some really good things about. It's a lot of fun. Speaking of tabletop games that have consequences or failure, it's really great. And it's all procedurally generated. Well, no, it's not all procedurally generated. There's a bunch of stuff that's procedurally generated. But all the stories themselves, they're written by actual authors, and it's really good. Is it just like uh, procedurally, procedurally generated levels? or? Yeah, like when you fight, when you move in to fight particular things, that that part of the the combat part is generally procedurally generated, but the story parts are all scripted. So it hangs together pretty well. I like it a lot. Uh, speaking of games to go to bed with, I've been playing a lot of Cities Skylines, mm -hmm. which is a extremely extremely nerdy cities uh, simulation tool. This is the game that a bunch of people were like, you know what, Sim City. 
takes too many liberties. <laughs> um, wow. So when this one's also paradox, right? Yeah. And it's a hardcore sim. And then mod community, again, big mod community. All of the mods are like, how do we make this game harder? <laughs> like, like the default is that if your traffic gets too bad, the game will disappear some of your traffic. There's a mod that turns that function off. And then there's a mod that turns the ability for people to not have to look for parking off. So you have to start building parking lots in your cities now, which is mm. kind of hilarious when you realize if you have a bunch of people who all drive cars, just how much parking you need. It's ridiculous. Like a third of your land is basically turned into parking lots. It honestly is one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, this is all built on kind of real world style simulations. So there's a reason why everything kind of falls apart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that like people who think they know what they're doing, uh, don't actually know better than people who have spent their entire lives studying this, who often still get it very wrong. <laughs> I mean, just living in a, a big city, there, there's so much of just, you really got to emphasize that like public transit uh -huh. or you've gotta have like every street with mm -hmm. very few exceptions has parking along the sides mm -hmm. yeah yeah i remember chicago yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where i i really enjoy it but it's, it's uh what's the phrase that the kids are using now it's nintendo hard <laughs> um, it is extremely unforgiving. So I like I've played a lot of games of City Skylines that I played for like 16 or 17 hours and then realized that in hour two, I completely boned myself. That's rough. I, I keep looking at it. I don't know if it's quite my style of game. The sort yeah. of modern, modern sim mm -hmm. isn't really usually a thing that I feel mm -hmm. drawn to. Same. Yeah, a friend of mine on Twitter, Emily Strickland, loves the game and she was streaming it on her Twitch channel and she came up with this idea where you would like build a city, like build it and then turn it on and walk away and see how long it lasted. Oh. And I was like, that's a really great idea. And then I realized how hard it was. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I'm still struggling with that, but uh, it's a good game to kind of just like noodle at when you're when you're lying in bed getting ready to go to sleep. Mm. Not having played it or even seen mm -hmm. any of it, is it like kind of the the classic Sims where like you're building it up and it's growing organically or is mm -hmm. it like does it also then just have a mode where you can just be like, all right, pause, build everything, and then unpause as mm -hmm. well? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's the pretty it's a standard city builder, right? So you have you have roads that have zones next to them. You have to zone the various zones for residential, commercial, or industrial. You have to get that balance right so you have enough people living in the town that they're and they have enough jobs to generate income so they can buy stuff from the retail stores, but not too much because you don't want anybody to be unemployed and you don't want to do too much industry because that pollutes. So you have to be careful about where that goes and who gets working there. It's all very, right. very complicated. Yeah. Like the base game is like $39.99, but they have a bunch of DLC. And I think all told that there's a couple of hundred bucks of game there. So those DLC packs can can add up mm. on some of those games. Yeah, that's mostly what I've been playing recently. I was waiting for the monthly rollover on my budget so I could buy Sable because it's on sale for, on Steam. Mm. Um, so, and that's going to kind of be my big purchase for the month, I think. Right. Did you pick that up already? Uh, oh, shit. No, we didn't. He said. I think, I think the sale ended today. Oh, no. Gosh, dag it. Oh, well, it'll go, it'll go on sale again. Yeah, the, the holiday Steam, sale right? will be up in, will be coming up in a, about a month. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. I think that's it for me. All right. Well, then, uh, do you want to tell us where you can be found? Sure. So you can find me almost everywhere. <laughs> if you want to send an email to me, you can send me an email at hey there at likebureau.com. You can send me a DM via Twitter at likebureau. You can hit me up on Instagram at 301 Permanent Redirect. Uh, I'm on Steam, again, as 301 Permanent Redirect. Oh, and if you want to hit my website, I have two websites. One is likebureau.com, where I keep track of all the things I'm doing professionally. And then I have a personal blog, homogameragenda.com. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much for uh, all your time. And uh, this has been an absolute blast. I'm looking forward to doing more of this and then bringing some of our friends on and we can hear from them. Yeah. So real quick, as we're doing the outro, mm -hmm. Jacques, where can they find you? Uh, I am pretty much everywhere uh, as either JP Marcotte, uh, M-A-R-C-O-T-T-E, or as Malabarba, which is a little pun from my sword fighting days when I, uh, I had a teacher that uh, was co-teaching with me and there, there was sort of a good cop, bad cop joke that got turned into good beard, bad beard. It's Italian sword fighting, so it turned into Bene Barba and Mala Barba. And nice. uh, he's, a, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, but I think, I think we both still use those as a lot of our gaming handles as well. Nice. Uh, yeah, mostly uh, I'll be found on Twitter at JP Marcotte if anybody wants to reach out to me. So if uh, you wanted to get a, a hold of us, the show is at your top six games. Um, you can email us at heyyou at your top six dot games. Uh, do you want to be a guest on the show? Shoot us an email at guestable at your top six dot games. Thanks to Justin Ferris for our theme music. To listen to previous episodes, you can go to your top six dot games. Thank you very much, Jacques. Thank you, Jerry. I miss Google+. Plus. <laughs>